share this. In fact, we will share, but um, let me just read this to you. Um, 3 John 2. We're going to sing this song again. Let me show you why, though. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish, or one translation says, I pray, above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Now, you've heard this enough, and we've taught on this, but we're going to teach on it again today. But notice your prosperity and your health is dependent upon your soul prospering. I think sometimes we do an injustice. We quote scriptures and we talk about scriptures. And people hear that and say, Well, bless God, it says by his stripes I'm healed, so I'm healed. And there's a truth to that. Because if you're born again, healing came. But you're only going to walk in the light of how prosperous your soul is. But now there's another side to this coin. Especially for you that have been coming here for, for, uh, for months. Your soul is prosperous. But the enemy comes in and brings doubt in. You know, there's a scripture I shared last night in 2 Corinthians 4.18. says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that are seen or that we can perceive with our five physical senses, the scriptures tell us, are subject to change by the word of God. And if you've been under the word for a season, Faith has come. Faith comes by hearing. But the enemy will come and tell us, because of what we see, because of what we feel, because of what's taking place, well, you haven't got it yet. But oh, you do. And I want you to sing this song again, but sing it in faith. Believe that He is your healer. Believe that you have received. Sing this song because it belongs to you. See yourself as you're singing. As they take us to this again, Keep your eyes closed when you say, see yourself prosper. See yourself healed. See him as your healer. Because that belongs to you. And don't let the enemy take that from you. Pastors, let's go ahead and sing.
Father, we thank you for that, Father. We thank you, Father, for not only teaching us these truths, but strengthening our belief in the things that we've already been taught. So, Father, we just thank you again for the Holy Spirit that's here, who is our teacher today. Holy Spirit, you lead us, you guide us, you direct us. Open the eyes of our understanding. Allow your word to settle into our hearts that we'll never be moved by what we hear. We'll never be moved by what we feel. We'll never be moved by what we see. But we'll only be moved by your word and by your spirit. Strengthen that in us, Father. And we'll be sure that you'll receive the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. We can be seated. Thank you, Pastor Peter. We trust that you stick around long enough that uh, you'll know what you believe. And you can apologize to Karen on the way out for embarrassing her. <laughs> Glory to God. One thing we do is we have fun around here. Amen. Well, open your Bibles if you would. Let's go to Third John 2. We shared that, so let's just go to that this morning. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, I'll get back at him. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there's probably a truth to that, a big truth to that. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Third John 2, get back in the spirit, okay? Amen. Let's begin at verse 1. The elder under the well-beloved Caius, whom I love in the truth, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Verse 3, For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. For I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. You know, I just love that verse 4. You know, that gives the father joy. Look at this as if the father is talking to you. And he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And you know, there, there's the talk, but there's the walk. And of course, you won't have the walk without the talk. So let's make sure, though, that we have the walk. Amen? Now notice here, let's take a look at Third John, verse 2. But notice that John is saying here is what he's really telling us. God knows that when you're prosperous and healthy, you're in the best possible shape to obey Him. That's why He wants us healthy and prosperous, so that we can obey Him. I was sharing at prayer this morning, for those of you that, that weren't in prayer this morning, that we're all soldiers in the, in the army of Christ. And, uh, you know, a soldier, they're not always, things are not always comfortable. They don't always agree, maybe, with what needs to be done. Sometimes they don't understand with what needs to be done. Sometimes they don't feel they have the resources to do that what needs to be done. But in the army of Christ, in the army that we're in, whether we understand it, whether we agree with it or not, the Scriptures tell us... Now, of course, let's clarify this. Make sure that you know that it's Him, the commander, that's directing you what to do because you have to know the authenticity of the orders that are given to us in the body of Christ. But when we know that the Spirit of God, 
that the Father, through His Word or through His Spirit, has directed us to do something. When we know that's what He's told us to do, whether we agree with it or not, whether we understand it fully or not, we're to obey it. Even if we don't have maybe the resources that we need to do to obey it. But when we do know that it's Him that's telling us to do it, we know one thing for sure. He'll give us the equipment and the resources we need to do it. And number two, He knows it's for our good. See, He knows more than what we do. He knows the end from the beginning. And He knows that sometimes there are steps or things that we need to do that are for our benefit, even though we don't understand it. But let's take a look again. Let's look at a little bit of depth into this, into this Scripture. You know, if we take a look at this Scripture from a, the standpoint of a mathematical equation, your prosperity and your health, notice, are equal to the condition of our soul. And I think, like I said, sometimes we take some things for granted. In math, any equal has to have two sides. Two plus two equals four. There's got to be two sides to something. If one part is changed, the equalities are no longer true. Most of the promises of God's Word, though, have two sides. In fact, they really almost all do. There's a Godward side, and there's the manward side. And if we're going to be successful, we've got to know the Godward side, and we have to, as a man, do the manward side. But there's both sides. So the key is first we want to do and we must do is we must know what the Godward side is. Whether that's through the Word or whether that's by the Spirit. But we've got to find out what the Godward side is. Once we know what the Godward side is, again, whether it's through the Scriptures or whether it's by His Spirit, we know that if we do our part, that we will have the success of it. It'll always work. Because He's a God that cannot lie. And his word will not return void, but will always accomplish what he is said to do. Now, from a biblical standpoint, then, there's three truths that we can learn from this equation, 3 John 2. First, your health and prosperity are going to be governed by the condition of our soul. It's impossible for your health and prosperity to exceed the condition of your soul. So if we're not getting the results that the word promises us, one thing we're going to have to look to, what's the condition of the soul? The second thing we can look at, the second truth. You may know the will of God for your life. In this case, we're talking healing because it's healing service. But the condition of your soul will determine what you experience in life. God said in His Word that all His promises are for you and me. However, the condition of our soul will actually determine if we experience the promises. Now, if you're not there yet, don't get discouraged. Because we have to understand something. We may live in a natural world, but we've got a supernatural God. And first thing He does is He gives us His grace. And if we'll, if we'll step out by the grace of God, if that's not enough, He's also going to give us His mercy. And He's already shown His mercy to us. He's already sent us the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has already been the substitute. Jesus has already been that paid the price for us. We do our part, He'll make up the difference. He'll take care of it. And the third truth in that we can see, you can know a truth in your spirit, but if you're not convinced of it in your soul, you'll not operate in it 
because the decisions of life are made in the soul. Now understand, when we talk about soul, the Bible says our soul is your mind, intellectual, and emotions. You know, I, th- I thought it was so good, the testimony that, that Pastor Peter was sharing with us about his father. His dad's will was involved. There came a point where his dad said, I want to go. And you know, when a person's will is made up on something, as much as you want, you're not going to change it. And, and I think sometimes that, that, especially when we're ministering to people, we'll see sometimes that when we're ministering to people, I think like Peter's father, they've either given up or they're ready to go, but they hate to tell their loved ones that I'm ready to go. So in essence, they're not really honest with them. And we're fighting a losing battle sometimes, and we don't understand. You know, there's so much about the kingdom of God. The Scriptures tell us we only know in part, and that's all that we know is in part. We don't know it all. We don't understand it all. But we are to do the part we do know. You do the part you do know. That's the manward side. Let God take the Godward side. Let Him do His part. Now, notice we said that last statement here, this last truth. You will not operate. You can know a truth in your spirit, but if you're not convinced of it in your soul, you will not operate it because the decisions of life are made in the soul. We teach the Word, or, or we as individuals feed on the Word, really for two reasons. One, we teach the Word, or you feed upon the Word so you can form a belief within your heart, because we all have a belief system. The belief has to be taught to us. We have to, and, of course, faith does come by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And, of course, the second reason that either you feed on the Word yourself or, or we minister the Word to people is so that we can strengthen a belief. Because we have to understand something. In this life, in this world... We're in a battle constantly, and truths can slip from us. I think I might have shared this analogy before I heard it years ago from, from a minister. It, it was so uh, relevant. He was sharing that if you had a, uh, a, a, a little leak in your gas tank, it might just be a drip, 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 drip. But you could drive, and you wouldn't get as far as what you planned on going because gas was leaking out of the tank, and you didn't know it. And it was so slow, it wasn't enough that you realized it. And you know that happens to us in life. We're constantly having to fight the good fight of faith. This world system is 100% opposite of what the Word is. And it's a fight sometimes just to keep our joy. Because the Scriptures tell us it's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. And if we don't stay in joy, if we don't keep that in front of us... Now, joy is not necessarily happiness. Joy is a decision of our spirit. It's a decision of our will. You know, David himself says that he had to encourage himself in the Lord. And there's times that nobody else is going to encourage you. But glory to God, you can. And what? It's a decision of our will that will determine that. I mean, there's mornings that I wake up and I just want to turn over or pull the covers up over my head. We all have that. In fact, that's almost every day. But we all have that, right? I don't do it every day. Like to. Don't do it every day. Try to. 
but to push myself out of bed and immediately open my mouth and begin to say some things. In fact, I, I was thinking about this scripture. I, I shared it. I'll share it again here. Then I'll share, tell you what I was thinking about. But in 2 Corinthians 4.18, again, Paul wrote, he says, and, and I'll write this the way that I like to read it. I'll add some things to it. Paul writes, while we look not at the things which are seen, and I add to that, seen, perceived with our five physical senses, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary or subject to change, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I'm thinking about that, and I was thinking about that this morning. And it rose up on the inside of me this morning when I got up because I got to bed late last night. I was, I was, I'd just really been, uh, for some reason, uh, this thing that's been taking place in Chile has been really on my heart. And I've been praying for these miners and been kind of watching what's been taking place because I just think it's all God. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, these men were over 2,000 feet in the ground. They were in hell. That's where they were. And glory to God, they got set free. In fact, I, I, I shared last night, and you might have read it, but one of the testimonies of one of the men, I think it was the first one that came out, but he says, I like the way that he worded it, uh, at least it was on the internet, he says, while I was in the middle of the earth, he says, I had a fight. And I was fighting with the devil. And God was on the other hand side. And the devil was taking my hand on one side, and God was taking my hand on the other side. And he says, and God won. Amen. And glory to God. That's, that's exactly what happened. God won. That I, I, this morning, I didn't feel like getting up, but I got up this morning, and I thought about this scripture, and, and I said out loud, I says, I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm not going to be moved by what I feel. I'm not going to be moved by what, by what I see. I'm only going to be moved by the Word and by His Spirit. And you know, we have to keep that in front of us. Because see, I really do believe especially those of you that come to healing service and, and a majority of the people that, that, that come to our church, I really do believe that your soul has been renewed, your mind has been renewed enough that you have enough in there that you can walk in victory, that you do know what the Word says. But see, our will is involved in this. Our soul is involved in this. Just because I have a belief in my heart, just because you know down in your heart what the Word says, if you don't get your soul involved, you'll not walk in the victory of it. And by getting your soul, I'm talking about your actions. By what you say and what you do. You know, you can be say, you can have the right talk, but you can have the wrong walk. It can sound like you're in faith, but your actions might look and really show you're really not in faith. So we not only got to watch the words that come out of our mouth, we got to watch how we act about things. Because in this life, it is so easy to get discouraged. Uh, now, I'm a political junkie, and it's easy for me to get in the flesh over the last six months or last year. Real easy. In fact, I do. I have to repent. But you know, we can't be moved by that. Because, see, we still, we're not of this earth system. Oh, we're in it. And, and there are, I, I like to put it this way. Because we're in this earth, because we're, we live in this world, we will be affected somewhat of the residual effects of what takes place. But, you know, my Bible still says me, said, it tells me that my God, He liberally supplies all my needs. My God is in control. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And you know, just like David, 
There's days that we're just going to have to stir ourselves up. Get ourselves back in remembrance of what does the Word say? What does belong to me? I was going to share, I'll share a little bit on it, but I was going to spend a lot of time today really sharing about the other side of this coin, which is really making sure that our soul is prosperous. Let's just look at a couple of scriptures on that. But just down in my heart, really, I think I just want to do it just to reaffirm some beliefs that are in you. Not to teach you something, because I think you know it. But I think it has to be reaffirmed in us. Our belief has to be strengthened. But let's look here at, at uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Thank you, Lord. So let's just use this morning what, what little bit of time we have left. Let's just use it to, I guess, to reestablish, just to strengthen ourselves up of what, what we know already belongs to us. But here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you. I like what he says out of them. I, I appeal to you. One translation says, I beg of you. He says, I beg of you, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, my brethren, that by the mercies of God, look at that, it's the mercy of God, that by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, do you realize that every time that you, those of you that are in here, that, that some of you come quite regularly to healing service, every time you do it, you just made your body a living sacrifice? That's what he's talking about. All he's talking about when he says about making your body a living sacrifice is putting yourself in position to hear the Word or to spend time with Him. That's all he's talking about. He says, make your body a living sacrifice. Put yourself in position. Whether that's coming to a church service like this, whether that's listening to a teaching tape, or whether that's just you opening up your mouth and just starting to praise Him or thank Him for what already belongs to you. But he says if you will do that, if you'll make your body a living sacrifice, and again, congratulate yourself for doing that because you're doing that. But look at the next verse then. He says, and be not conformed to this world. I like what the Amplified says. Don't be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to ex external superficial customs but be transformed or changed. Now notice this next little phrase, though. By the entire renewal of your mind. You know, we can have our minds renewed in one particular area of life or of the Scriptures and not in another area. It's not uncommon at all to have a person, for a person to have their mind... You'll have, you'll, every one of you probably in here have got your mind renewed to the fact that you're born again, saved, and going to heaven. And I couldn't talk you out of it this morning. As hard as I try, I could probably not talk. Why not? Because your mind is renewed in that area. But notice what he's saying here. Have your mind renewed, entire renewal of your mind. So, as you have your mind renewed on the fact that you know that you know that you know that you know that when you pass, you're going to heaven. Get your mind just as renewed on the fact that by his stripes you were healed. You know, he even said it over in the Old Testament, Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Notice he says, I'm not going to. That's Old Covenant. But he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Glory to God. Psalms 107, 20. He sent his word and he healed us. Not going to, he did. He sent his word and healed us. 
Matthew 8, 17 says, Jesus bore our sicknesses. If he bore them, why are we? Okay, get our, get, get our minds renewed. Get our minds reestablished in that. See, and that belongs to us, and I think a lot of us, probably the majority, if not all of us in here, in our hearts, we know that. But what happens is that we're moved by what we see. We're moved by our five physical senses. But what he's saying over there in 2 Corinthians 4.18, if you can see it, if you can feel it, it's subject to change. And we change it by our words. In fact, um, we'll come right back to it. Hold your place in Romans 12. Look at um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Oh, this is look at 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance. One translation says it's the confidence. The Amplified says faith is the assurance or the confirmation or the title deed. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. Notice the evidence. Oh, I like that word. The evidence of things not seen. If you've got Scripture in verse, you've got the evidence. And that evidence is your faith. But he goes on and he says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. But then verse 3, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so the things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. The Amplified says, By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed or fashioned after or put in order or equipped. Now notice, equipped for their intended purpose. But I like to look at verse 3 this way. Through faith, or through the words, through God's Word, that you and I speak, we frame our world. And we do. As we shared before in Mark eleven twenty three, where it says, you know, talking about the words that we speak that will have what we say. And one of those words, in fact, the last word in, in, in that portion of Scripture talking about having what we say is the word, the, the Greek word is lego, or building blocks. And every time we speak the word, we're building something. Every time we speak the word, what we're doing is we're establishing, and I like to put it this way, we're reestablishing his healing power that's in our bodies. Uh, look at Romans chapter... You're probably in Romans chapter... Yeah, you're in Romans 12, if you held your place there. Jump on over to Romans chapter... Um, I think it's 8. Yeah, Romans chapter 8. Um... Don't raise your hands on this one. Let me ask you a question. You just answer it in your heart. How many of you in here are born again and got the Holy Ghost living in your heart? Just ask yourself that question. If you're born again, you've got the Spirit of God living in you. Look at verse 11. Romans 8, 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead, and if you're born again, you've got the Holy Ghost living in you, you've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. Look what this Scripture says. But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead, notice, shall also quicken or make alive, notice, shall make alive your mortal body. 
So if you're born again, that scripture qualifies you. So all you have to begin doing is saying, Father, I thank you because of the spirit that's in me. He's bringing life to this mortal body. I thank you, Father, for the life that's in my body. I thank you, Father. You know, you need to talk and speak life to everyone. If you've got a kidney problem. Kidney, I thank you that there's life in you in Jesus' name. You know, there's so much life inside of you that if you've got a kidney inside you that's not functioning, he could resurrect that kidney right now in the name of Jesus. If you've got a heart problem, Father, I thank you that the life of God is in my heart. My heart is, is quick, being quickened right now in Jesus' name. If you have a liver problem, Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Liver, you're being quickened right now in Jesus' name. Whatever area is in your body, all day long, rest of the day, all night tonight when you think about it, say, Father, I thank you that life is in my body. It's being quickened right now. Being made alive right now. Resurrection life is on. That's not talking about resurrection life when we go to the other side. That's talking about resurrection life today. And you know what's going to determine that? Our soul. Beloved, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And that's all Paul's talking about in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Making your body a living sacrifice and getting your mind renewed. And I can put it this way, reestablished. Because you've already heard it. You've already got it. I've already got it. Hey, there's things in my body that I'm dealing with. So I just got an understanding on something today. There's life there. Glory to God. Quickening power on the inside of my life. Lungs. There's life in your lungs right now. Bringing life to my lungs. Glory to God. Every organ in your body, life of God is right there now. It's, it's been there waiting for you and I to bring life to it by speaking. Because our words is what causes that creative power to begin to operate in us. Otherwise, it's just lying there dormant. You know, the Word of God is called an incorruptible seed. That's a seed that never rots. But unless we water it, And we water it by giving voice to it. And unless we give voice to it, that seed won't grow either. You might have heard the word or had hands laid on you 15 years ago. But you know that seed is still alive. Because it's incorruptible. And it just needs the quickening power of your words to begin to get that to begin to prosper again within us. If, if, and it's not an if, because he does. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and is quickening your bodies right now. And he says in the Old Testament that, that, that my youth is being renewed. Glory to God. Just like that old eagle. Takes that beak of his, picks off those old feathers and gets rid of them and he gets renewed. Glory to God. You know, I don't care what's going on in your body. I don't care how old you are. Go out of here healed. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Just give the old devil a slap in the face. You go home when you want to go home. I promise you. Sometimes, you know, we're, we, people, uh, ourselves maybe, we got sickness or disease. We've been fighting something for so long. We get tired and we just want to go home. Well, glory to God, don't give up yet. Don't go. Get healed first. I promise you, 
you get healed, you'll get revived, and you won't want to go. But if you want to go, that's all right. You know, that's a choice every one of us has to make. Every one of us has that choice to make. We can go whenever we want. But you know, sometimes it takes just as much faith to leave as it does to stay. Let's look at another scripture. We've got just a couple of minutes left. Let's look at another scripture. Go over to uh, James. James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. Right after the book of Hebrews. Verse 21, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of nuttiness, and receive with meekness, with humility, the engrafted word, notice, which is able to save your soul. Now understand something. James is a pastor. James is talking to his church. James is talking to a, a body of born-again believers. And notice he's talking about saving something. But he's not talking about people getting born again. Now, that saving that he's talking there is really the same thing that Paul talked about in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and James just words it or talks it, or phrases it a little bit different. He's talking about saving your soul or renewing of your mind. That's what he's talking about. Now, understand something. The renewing of the, of the soul, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about saving of the soul. Now, remember, the soul, though, is composed of your mind, your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Now understand something, that there'll be times that you'll break down emotionally. I mean, there's issues that take place in life that, that will cause us to lose it, so to speak, emotionally. Just because things are taking place in your life emotionally that might be negative doesn't mean you have to get out of faith because of it. The thing you have to be so careful with is, is when things come against you and emotionally you get down is watch what you say during that period of time. Because when the emotions really get to you, that's awful easy at that time to say something that you shouldn't. If you've lost a loved one, I know some of you in here have. Uh, I have. And it's very easy at times that there is a period of grief that you're going to go through. And that's understandable. Now, it does come to an end. I don't know if it ever totally comes to an end. Not, at least not on this side. But we have to work through that. But you have to understand something. No matter what you're going through, you're still here for a purpose. And there will be a void. There will be a loss. But stay in faith through that. And real, as, as you walk through that, reestablish within yourselves, Father, what is my purpose? For the time that I have left, what do you want me to do? Because there's people depending upon us. Every one of us. Every one of us are here by divine appointment. We're here for a purpose. And James is saying here that with meekness, what he's really saying, accept what his word says. Don't accept your circumstances. Don't even accept tradition. A lot of us have been taught things over the years that are not necessarily scripturally 100% true. And when we read God's Word, when we're taught God's Word, when we hear God's Word, sometimes we'll see something or we'll hear something that doesn't quite line up maybe with what we've been taught or what tradition has told us. And that's what he's talking about. He says, no, with humility, accept what God's telling you and lay aside what someone else may have told you, unless it lines up with the Word. 
But he's saying, with meekness, with humility, except, yes, Father, I see what your word says, and I choose to go with your word. Which really is, right back to 2 Corinthians 4, not being moved by what you see, not being moved by what your five physical senses tell you. Because those things, again, they're subject to change. That, I don't know about you, that just gives me a, a peace, it gives me a freedom to know that if I feel something in my body or if I see something taking place, glory to God, that is subject to change. But it's going to require me, one, to get my mind renewed to the Word of God, find out what does His Word say. Two, it's going to require me to get to know Him, get to know my Father, get to know the Spirit of God so that I can have the, 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 the confidence that I know His voice. Because, see, what He will tell me to do or direct me to do or what the Word says to change that which I can see, that thing that is subject to change will be changed by the Word and the Spirit. And He's going to give me the Word and He's going to give me the Spirit to come against that to change it. Now, what I'm going to have to do is be humble to His voice and to His Spirit and His Word and do what He directs me to do to bring about that change because it may not be what I think I need to do to change it. He may tell you to go someplace. He may tell you to do something that has appears to you has absolutely nothing to do with the circumstance. But what He requires of is obedience. But it's more than obedience. Let's tell Pastor Chris, there's some things that are, that's going on in my life and in B's life right now, but the Scripture says in Isaiah 1.19, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You know, there's many times that we'll be obedient to do something because we know the Word well enough, we know His voice well enough, that if He directs us to do something because He is the Commander-in-Chief, we do it. But you know, we may not always be willing to do it. But there's, the other half of that equation is willing and obedient. You can be obedient but still be in sin because you're not willing. But you know, the willingness is just an adjustment of the heart. I mean, you can make yourself willing like that. Yes, Father, I will be willing. And I will be obedient. Listen to this scripture over in Jeremiah. You don't have to turn there. If you're writing it down, you can. But it's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. Jeremiah 1, 10. The prophet Jeremiah says, See, it's really God speaking through him. See, I have this day set over you the nations and over the kingdoms. Now listen, to root out, to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Now notice, in this verse, God's revealing a process to Jeremiah. And we'll close with this and we'll pick this up next week. But he's revealing a process here to Jeremiah. Both negative and positive events take place to complete the process of change. Remember, those things you see, those things you feel, those things are subject to change. But he's telling us here there are some negative things and positive things that are going to have to take place to bring about this process of change so that we can move to a higher realm of living. That's what he wants for us today, I believe. Yesterday, when I, 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 was, I was thinking uh, yesterday morning about healing service. Uh, Amy or, or one of the gals that, uh, that, that assist with healing service when they... Have, make up the CDs, have this thing, they think they have to have a title. So we have to give them a title. And I'd like to give them a title that kind of lines up with what we're going to teach. don't like to deceive you. Sometimes I don't give you the title that lines up because if you see the title, you wouldn't buy the CD. 
You know, you teach on obedience. People don't buy those CDs. But you talk about walking in prosperity and abundance, they'll buy, they'll buy that. Realize, though, you've got to be obedient to be able to walk in abundance. So be careful of the title. It probably doesn't teach. But today's title probably will talk about what we're talking about. New realms of living. A new realm, not realms, but a new realm of living. A new realm of living for you and I is going to require a process of change. But listen, negative and positive. But let's listen here. Let me point this out, what, he's, what he's, the, the Lord, I believe, is revealing to Jeremiah. Notice again what he mentions. To root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down. Sound negative, don't they? But he's not done. Notice. But to plant and to build. So we come back next week. We're going to take a look. Putting off and putting on. What does it really mean? What are some of the things that we have to put off? And what are the, some, some things that we have to put on? Because I want you to understand something. Those things that are taking place in your body, those things that you can see, those things that you can feel, those things that you can perceive with your five physical senses, they're subject to change. And you can leave here today rejoicing about one thing. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in your body, and it's bringing life right now. So this week, you speak to those organs. You speak, and, and all you have to do, you don't have to command them to do anything. You just thank them that there's life. Speak to every one of your organs. Ah, uh, kidneys, you're strong. There's life of God is in you, kidney. Oh, quickening you, developing you, reestablishing. If, if you've got a kidney that's not functioning at all, glory to God, it's got to function. Amen. The life, the same, think about this, the same spirit that raised Jesus from hell is in us. Yeah. Same one. Quickening and bringing life to us. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you today. I thank you for your quickening spirit, the life, the Zoe life of God. That is inside every one of us, Father. Quickening us. Bringing life to us, Father. Life, Father. Health. Strength. So we can fulfill our purpose. What you called us to do upon this earth. And we go forth today, Father, rejoicing. Because the life of God is in us. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Thank you and be blessed. Amen.